the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I've always loved a good, insightful quotation. And those of you who attended the Donald Trump rally in Delaware uh, a couple of years ago know that I quoted from uh, one of my favorite inspirational quotes or insightful quotes of all time from Voltaire. Uh, And Voltaire said, A nation disintegrates when it ceases to recognize things that are obvious. A nation disintegrates when it ceases to recognize things that are obvious. We have a Democratic Party in power that ceases to recognize that its president is infirm, that ceases to recognize that domestic energy is the best way to take a chunk out of the Russian war effort in Ukraine, that ceases to recognize that immigration is our greatest national security threat, not some made-up garbage white nationalism or racism charge. That's put forward as a way to keep Democrats in power and to divide us. And then over the weekend, I heard another quote from the uh, author F. Scott Fitzgerald, which is along the same lines of what Voltaire said. The F. Scott Fitzgerald quote, the test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposing ideas in mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. Yes. The test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposing ideas in mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. I wish our Franklin County commissioners could do that, but they cannot because they look around the city and they see poverty in the city, and I look around the city and I see poverty in the city. But when they look around and they see poverty in the city, they assume that somebody has their thumb on the scales and is forcing people to be poor, or they assume that because people are poor, programs do not exist to help people who are poor, and so they have to create more such programs. And I told you about this yesterday, that there's an agenda on the part of the commissioners, and it's a multi-year agenda, to award $1.7 million to nine organizations intended to reduce, and this is a quote from the dispatch story, disparities in health outcomes, primarily for populations that have been historically underserved by health providers. Now, that's a long sentence, but let's take a close look at that. These nine organizations are getting about two hundred grand a piece on average, one point seven million dollars, to reduce disparities in health outcomes. All right, are there disparities in health outcomes? I mean, if they're getting this money, certainly you wouldn't give the money to address a problem that doesn't exist. I mean, that would be government waste, and we all know that never happens, right? 
reduce disparities in health outcomes, not just for everybody, but primarily for populations that have been historically underserved by health providers. Okay, so we got to do a double barrel test here. We got to do a test as to whether or not there are populations that have been historically underserved by health providers. And then we got to find out if there are disparities in those populations. So when I talked about this yesterday, I expressed my skepticism that there are disparities. And I said, nobody walks into an emergency room with a gunshot wound. And we had that happen like two or three times over the weekend in, in, in the murder mayor, Andrew Ginther's Columbus, Ohio. Nobody walks in and they go, what's your insurance? Oh, you don't have Blue Cross? I'm sorry, we can't help you. Try not to bleed on the chairs on your way out. That doesn't happen. You walk into an emergency room in Columbus, they are required by law to treat you. So, disparities? Underserved populations? Mm, Questionable. But I'm just a guy who observes life from the outside. I'm not on the inside. I've been inside hospitals a lot over the past five months. My experience has been that everyone at Ohio Health has been phenomenal. They called, do you need a ride to radiation? They called, do you need a ride to your doctor's appointment? Is everything going okay with your doctor? Are you satisfied with your doctor? Do you need any help with your prescriptions? Are you off work because of your medical condition? Is there anything we can do to help you with that? And I'm just an average, like, white dude, right? So if they're coming at me with all these programs, or at least checking to see if I qualify for any of them, I presume they're doing the same for people throughout central Ohio, who are facing health challenges. But again, I said I live on the outside, I don't know. So I thought I'd ask someone who knows. And I expressed yesterday to someone who has been um, a physician in central Ohio for a long, 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 long time at various health systems, so it's not a prejudiced view. It's not just this system or that system. He's been in multiple systems. He's worked in many different areas in the city. He's taught, he's practiced. And I could flesh out his credentials even more, but again, I don't want to out him because he's in a very woke profession. And here's the response that I received when I said, is this a problem? Do we have disparities in health outcomes primarily for populations that have been historically underserved by health providers? Now, you know, that's a dog whistle, right? They're always talking about thugs is a dog whistle for black juvenile crime perpetrators. Well, this... Populations that have been historically underserved by health providers. Who are they talking about there? Are they talking about farmers out in Coshocton? No, of course not. They're talking about inner city black people. That's what they're talking about. Historically underserved by health providers. That's the people they're talking about. So I asked, are people in the inner city historically underserved by health providers? And my friend gave me some information I didn't know. Now it's my pleasure to share it with you. He said, it's been federal law since 1986 that an emergency room cannot turn away anyone who presents for anything, be it a gunshot wound to the chest or a hangnail, whether they have insurance or not. He says, regarding health care inequities for minority populations, allow me to share with you my experience, which is shared by many, many physicians. He says, in my 25 years as a physician, I've seen more black patients than I can ever count. 
a majority of them have Medicaid as their primary insurance. Medicaid, he says, is the insurance program for low or no income citizens jointly funded and administered by the state and federal governments. His text continues, for those who have Medicaid, it covers everything. Clinic visits with primary care physicians and specialists, hospitalizations, surgeries, prescription medications, outpatient physical therapy, medical equipment and supplies, etc., etc. He adds, Medicaid will pay for transportation to medical appointments for those who have no transportation. Yeah, I told you they offered that to me. My wife was able to take me, but they offered it. And we're not on we're not even on Medicaid. He says the cost of Medicaid for these services, the cost to Medicaid recipients for these services, nothing, not a single penny ever. There are even many, many free resources that will help eligible people sign up for Medicaid if they're not sure how to do it. He writes, additionally, there are pharmacies in almost all large cities, including Columbus, that will deliver prescriptions to your front door at no charge. Large health systems like Ohio Health and OSU regularly hold health and wellness outreach programs in poorer communities in Columbus on their own dime. Those same health care systems have established programs where nurses and case managers reach out via phone to their patients after their hospitalizations, ER visits, cancer clinic visits, lung clinic visits, etc. to see how they're doing and if they need help with anything. That's been my experience, too. And then he says, Most physicians cognizant of the statistical reality that black patients are less likely to ask questions during clinic visits, even when they're confused about what the physician just told them, bend over backwards to make sure those patients understand what's going on and the plan of care. He says, in short, Medicaid patients, black or otherwise, in large cities have coverage and resources that rival and often exceed the coverage and resources people with private insurance have. And then he notes that despite that, the group of patients which consistently no-shows to clinic appointments and others are those patients who are on Medicaid. So let me take you behind the curtain a little bit with um, something that I ask myself on a daily basis. Uh, I was concerned yesterday that the tone of my program is uh, too negative. And I don't want it to be, as I said when I first took this job, I don't want it to be a two-hour gripe session every day. Uh, because it easily could be with what uh, Democrats are doing to our country. I just have, I've recognized over the years, um, a visceral disdain for liars and incompetence. I just do. I have no patience for it. I had a military father who would not accept excuses. You had a job to do. You did the job. You didn't make excuses for it. You persevered through it. You found, you found a way. I've said one of the most transformative lessons my father ever taught me, and I have a vivid, vivid memory of this, was that on the weekends... We would work on our property, getting the yard looking just so. And then I would invariably find him at the end of the day, 6, 7 o'clock Saturday night, having walked across the street 
to my aunt's property, looking back toward our property, just looking. And I asked him one time, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm looking, I'm surveying what we did today. And I'm like, it looks the same every week. It always looks perfect. (laughs) And he said, I'm not looking at what we did. I'm just savoring the value of the work that we did. Savoring the value of the work that we did. And the message was that work, the act of working has its own reward. That had a powerful impact on me. And when I see like Democrats tearing our country down and lying to us while they're doing it, and powerful institutions of influence in our country, media, entertainment, engaging in those lies, it offends me and my visceral disdain for incompetence and liars comes out and I'm concerned about the tone with which it comes out at times. And so I start my mornings like reading my chapter of Proverbs that corresponds to the date of the month. And today, Proverbs 20, there's several verses in there about differing weights and differing measures and how that is detestable and offensive to God. That is what we see in our government and in our institutions, is differing weights and differing measures, a different standard applied to certain people than are, is applied to other people who are favored or who have the right opinion. Like, here's, here's Kathy Hochul, your New York governor, telling everybody in the business world, don't panic the... to $400 million judgment against Donald Trump, even though he didn't defraud anybody, but we just don't like Donald Trump. Oh, it doesn't mean we're coming for you, Mr. New York developer. This is really uh, an extraordinarily unusual circumstance that the law-abiding and rule-following New Yorkers who are business people have nothing to worry about because uh, they're very different than Donald Trump and his behavior. The law-abiding and rule following. Well, they set the rules. So he doesn't abide by their rules, then they're going to come after him. All I want is the same standard applied to everyone. Okay? That's all I want. The same standard applied to everyone. Because that's what our country was founded upon, right? Fairness, justice, equal protection under the law, innocent until proven guilty. Donald Trump was guilty before he ever sat in that courtroom. And I'm not a Trump shill. But what they did to him, you are utterly and irrevocably detached from reality if you think after successfully doing it to him, they will not, if given another term, also look to do it to others. Maybe not you, but they're doing it to the January 6th people were the January 6 rioters and they were rioters and they broke the law were they treated in the courts the same way as the rioters who tried to burn down America in the aftermath of the George Floyd riots were they treated the same way did they get equal justice under the law were they given the same speedy trials or were they given no cash bail you know the answer they know the answer they know you know the answer and they don't care 
It's all about power. Interesting. We've all seen the uh, conversations recently about President Joe Biden's applesauce brains and how he can't keep up. And we all see it. They're telling us, you don't see that. God, he's great. He gets more done in an hour than you get done all day. Bet not. Why is Joe Biden running? Douglas Brinkley is the author of The Unfinished Presidency. He was on Face the Nation Sunday. And he says that the reason why Joe Biden is running is because he and First Lady Jill Biden are addicted to the power of the office. He cites that Lady Bird Johnson talked Lyndon Baines Johnson into not running in 1968, that Bess Truman talked Harry Truman not running in 1952. And then he says this. That's not the case with Jill Biden. She likes power. She wants to stay. She wants some sense of revenge. For what? What does Jill Biden have to avenge? People who haven't called her doctor, Jill Biden? I don't want to be negative on a daily basis. I just want the same standards upheld. And I don't want the same standards applied to Democrats or just to people I don't like. I want the same standards held to people I do like. You know, we talked this past week about the firing of Chris Holtman, and I know a lot of you have followed what I've written online at PressProsMagazine.com and other things I've said on Twitter about Chris Holtman in the last two years. I like Chris. I like Chris a lot. He's a really good guy. But there was a letter in the dispatch that just stuck out to me, and this is where we are in our country right now. Headline, Chris Holtman is a class act. True. Why was Ohio State in such a hurry to fire him? Just I'm upset Ohio State coach Chris Holton was so abruptly and unceremoniously fired this week in the midst of the season. May I be so unceremoniously fired that they would give me $12.5 million from whatever job I'm fired from to go away. Charles Goodburn writes, he's a class act, a great coach with an excellent and successful resume. I am not convinced he should be blamed for the disappointing losses of the past two years. Well, then who should be? When did we get to the point in our country that we can't have high expectations and demand high performance that goes with those expectations and the compensation? Joe Biden wants to be president. Okay, fine. Run for it. You get it. You win it. Don't target me. Don't target people who opposed you out of revenge because we're expecting you to rise to the standard of the expectations you well knew that would come with the job when you ran for the job. The same is true of a coach. The same is true of a teacher in a school. We just want you to teach our kids. Okay? Just teach our kids. Stay in the parameters of the expertise you've been educated in in college and stay in those parameters. Businesses, give us a fair product at a fair price. Don't gouge us. Differing weights and differing measures. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.